0: Welcome to Locking Your Success. We are the company that creates strategies to build wealth. This podcast is the audio from the Locking Your Success Options Trading for Income Weekly Update webinar. This webinar reviews real-time hypothetical trades each week while analyzing market conditions with adjustments. Questions are always welcomed, asked, and answered. If you would like to view the charts and graphs referenced in this podcast, please visit our blog at LockingYourSuccess.com for a video replay of the live webinar. Before we get started, we need to go over our disclosures. Locking Your Success LLC is not a broker dealer or financial advisor. This presentation is for educational purposes only. This information is not an offer to buy, sell, or hold securities. You shall be fully responsible for any investment decision you make, and such decisions will be based solely on your evaluation of your financial circumstances, investment objectives, risk tolerance, and liquidity needs. Please visit CBOE.com to find and review the Options Risk Disclaimer prior to placing any trades. Also, please note that these are real-time but hypothetical computer simulated trades and results. The trades are believed to be as accurately presented as possible, however they are not guaranteed as to accuracy and therefore live results may vary. No representation is being made that any portfolio will or is likely to achieve profits or losses similar to those shown. Whew! Now that that's over, let's get to it. Here is your host, John Locke.
1: Good morning and welcome to the Options Trading for Income weekly update for April 11th, 2060. If you're watching this on YouTube, listening via podcast, come on over to our website at LockingYourSuccess.com. That's L-O-C-K-E, in InYourSuccess.com. And get your free report, 7 Secrets to Become a Successful Trader. Stay informed, join our mailing list. We have over 400 traders in our community now. So that's growing quite nicely, and if you want to take your trading up a notch, you know, try our community coaching or some enriching sessions. If, if you're over there, check out our trading programs. We have the Super Simple Spread Trades, the M3, the Rock, the Bearish Butterfly, and M21, and also our 8PM Squared program, as well as the Masterclass series. All great programs. For, if you want more information on those, please feel free to contact us, or there's information on the site. In this update, we cover four of our market-neutral trading systems via our bear, our, uh, from our various strategies. We have a various butterfly that we cover, an M3, a rock, of an MV Condor. We do have multiple other trades and multiple of the strategies that we do. However, these are the ones we've been tracking for the last, oh gosh, I don't know, three or four years anyway. And you can look at our past webinars on our blog at uh, LockingYourSuccess.com. So as far as for announcements, our community coaching session, or our enriching session, or training session for our community coaching people, or pre- Premium Plus members, is going to be boost, uh, boosting trading results through proper back testing. And we're going to show you the five-stage process. If you're... Uh, if you have the APM Squared program, you'd be familiar to this. Uh, with this. The APM Squared program extensively covers back testing and uh, trader improvement. And this is uh, is going to go over uh, parts of that process as well. So it's going to be a great session. It's probably going to take um, two parts. Um, we'll, we'll take a look at it uh, April 13th, which is this Wednesday night. see how far we get, and we'll likely have a Section 2 on there. So this is going to be a, a great Session. Not one, one. Make sure you want to. Make sure you get, catch that one. Speaking of enriching sessions, we also have the past ones uh, for sale. The secrets to a successful 2016. We have a few trading labs for sale, which are also very popular. We have a risk management with David Thomas, and then what about Ray with Raymond Joseph? So really great sessions there. Uh, our successful trader of the month. This month is Lewis Guerra. He is uh, somebody who did very well on the Hawaii Challenge. He's a very experienced trader, uh, has a great trading methodology. And uh, make sure you catch that. That's going to be April uh, 27th at 10 a.m. Eastern. So that will be a great presentation as well. And of course, uh, well, like I said, we still have our trading triangle live in Hawaii, which I'm getting really excited. It's getting close. And uh, uh, we're all going to have a good time there. So if you'd like to join us, there's still some spots available. All right, let's take a look here at what we have going on. Uh, first, we'll look at the market. So these, this market, it, it continues to be extremely resilient. Uh, last week, I was expecting a down move for the week, and we got one. Uh, but nothing compared to what we really should have gotten. So uh, you know, as of right now, we're still in a bullish trend technically, the markets appear to be weakening, but um, still kind of drifting sideways, not really putting any any kind of a retracement. So as far as my opinion, it pretty much remains the opposite of what the technicals tell us. The technicals are still bullish. Uh, I would call them bullish with signs of weakening. The technicals have been bullish for quite some time. Um, my opinion's been bearish, so I've been—I uh, don't usually go against the technicals, but uh, I have been doing that because of how far the market's been overextended. I remain uh, bearish for the week. I do think that we'll—we're we're likely to have a deeper pullback than what we had. But—but um, but that said, like I said, charts are still bullish, so it's kind of mixed, and we're drifting sideways. So a little hard to predict right now. But that's what I have. Uh, either way, though. Uh, I do think taking bullish bets here is more risky than taking bearish bets, even if we do go up uh, from here a little bit. So those are my thoughts, and I don't have a whole lot more to say about it. Um, So let's uh, let's just move on to our positions here. Let's see, this is Monday. This was our April M3 trade, which was quite a ride. I think we started this way back in the 900s somewhere, so. Multiple uh, roll ups, been a challenging environment because it just keeps going up and up. Uh, as of Monday, this is what the position looked like. Nice looking trade. And no adjustments here till Thursday. So this is what we look like on Thursday. We are, so we're exceeding our positive. Delta range here. Generally, at this point, I'm not going to be rolling the position back. We're eight days to expiration. Essentially, we have this—you know—four days this week left to trade, and we're inside the tent. I'm not going to bother doing a full rollback here. I just uh, went into what we call an M3U position. I sold this call. I also did three verticals. You'll see. Uh, see that? Let me here. So I sold this call. I bought three, those three 1110s. I sold three 1120s. Brought my delta down to about minus uh, to about plus 27. And here is a position where we stood as of Thursday. Of course, Friday was kind of flat, and we dropped into this position here. Now the position is up about a little over five percent. We are seven days to expiration. Realistically I'd be perfectly happy exiting the trade here. As a matter of fact most of my live trades were exited last week. But um, but we'll hold on to it. We'll see what happens today. Uh, essentially my goal for this is just to get out of it. If we can get out of it over $2,500 I would be perfectly happy this close to expiration. Um, it's like we're going to gap up this morning so we'll have to see how that, uh, how that turns out. Uh, if the market goes up too much, we may end up just kind of flattening uh, our delta out or exiting below where we really want it to. But I think uh, twenty-five uh, 5% gain in this, this type of a condition is probably fairly good. So that's where I stand with it. That's where the trade is as of now. Like I said, I think Friday would have been fine to exit this thing. Uh, just a question on detail on why I, I'm personally bearish. I'm personally bearish because I think the overall market trend is down. And the uh, you know even though we've had an explosive up move, we do have these explosive rallies in more bearishly toned markets. It's a it's a common characteristic of that. Uh, also, uh, the SPX and look the SPX and stuff right, uh, or the SPY, right. We're extremely overextended here, right? These are record size moves. Generally, you get record size moves. You'll usually get at least a reasonable retracement. I mean, if you're a Fibonacci person, you can take a, a reasonable retracement level, or the first support area from a Fibonacci standpoint should be down here at uh, 2013, which is you know another 50 points down from here, right? Uh, you know, if you did the same thing on the NDX, you get the, you know you get the same thing. You would get a fairly significant drop here. So we're not even making. Uh, we're, we're, we made this huge overextension. We didn't even make a normal, um, not even a, a, a no, any kind of a normal retracement here. The Russell did. I mean, the Russell. I mean, arguably had a reasonable tr- retracement, but uh, I'm not looking at it in isolation. I'm looking at the Nasdaq. I'm looking at the Dow as well. If you look at the Dow Jones, same thing. You know, we went you know, historic size move here. Kind of ran sideways. Which happens, right? That does happen. We can still go higher. The market's going to do what the market's going to do. But to me, to not get some sort of a reasonable um, pause or uh, retracement in the market would be uh, very unusual. And we also know that the Russell's kind of reacting, as soon as the market looks like it might fall, like you saw this earlier in the week, as soon as it looks like it might fall, the, the Russell falls apart. And as soon as it looks like it might go the other way, the Russell takes off like crazy. So it's been a little bit more volatile than some of the other indexes. The mark's going to take off; it's going to really go. The mark's going to drop. The Russell, you know, tend, like I said, it's going to tend to take a, a hard hit. So um, just knowing that from trading the index for a long time, I'm actually, like I said, with the other indices overextended, even if the Russell creeps up, I just, I just don't see the, um, I just don't see the potential to the upside anymore. So I'm more bearish than bullish. Um, you know, like I said, that said that the charts technically are bullish. If this was a stock, you'd have to go, you'd have to be bullish in it, because uh, stocks can keep going, though. You know, stocks are, are a little bit different. Indices usually, at least, pay attention to to, to the overextensions a little bit better. Um, but those are my thoughts on that. So back to our positions here. So that's our April M3. We also had a rock trade on. And actually, let me just show the T-log on this first. We'll do a full-size one. We started this way back at nine nine eighty strikes, right? So we're way, way up there. Just hit OK there. Go over the Rock trade. This is what we looked like on Monday. This had started out as an M3. We transitioned into a rock position. Again, a decent gain here, uh, considering the conditions. If the market's flat, you can make profit target. If it's not flat, you're generally not going to do that in this because you're too high of a gamma position here. So when the market's really friendly, but right now it's a little choppy to be in this position, and you'll see uh, see that. But uh, let's see. If we go to Tuesday... And take this out. We're now right 970 drop, which isn't a very big drop, and it kills your profit again. It's it's a combination of volatility being close to expiration, and um, uh, just a really high gamma number, right? And that's the challenge you run into being high gamma trades into expiration when the market's choppy. I think I mentioned this last week that I did not. I wasn't particularly happy with the position. Um, anyway. There's a couple things you can do here. We can either drop, according to our our rock guidelines, we need to drop drop this vertical that we have in here, which we're going to do, and roll this back 20 points into what we call a cat position. Or you can trade a little bit more aggressively, which is what I chose to do, um, and go into what we call a reverse rock position. So what I did here is I dropped out of that vertical, I added five butterflies down here at uh, 1070. Now, I'll usually do this anyway, even if I'm going to roll back into cap position, because, um, you know, these these butterflies themselves aren't in trouble. And uh, they can gain value very, very quickly. So I'm not usually in a hurry to get out of them. But I will, you know, add my butterfly here to uh, get my delta straightened out. And then when the market settles or whatever, you know, sometimes we'll we'll just pull out of these uh, 1090s and go back into our regular cap position trade. But here is what our rolled back position looks like, right? So, decent looking trade there. There were no other adjustments in this trade until Thursday. So, let's just go to Wednesday was okay. Thursday. Right, we're pushing our maximum positive delta number again so we're just going to add more of these butterflies here in here at 1070 so I came in here added four 1070s went into a position that looks like this so this is what we call reverse rockets uh, it's a little bit backwards but um, uh, it's not uncommon for me to do we are overcapitalized in the trade right and we're aware of that We do have capital reduction techniques to fix that. You can roll these in to bring your your capital number down. Um, Certainly you could actually take this one and you can roll it all the way in to here without really affecting the trade at all. Right. And you can bring our capital level right down within range if we want to With, um, with a minimal effect on the trade, right. Uh, actually, it actually helps with our gamma a little bit, which isn't bad. Wouldn't be a bad idea. So um, didn't do that, but um, just so that you're aware, you can you can certainly keep these in capital level if you want to. So from here, um, so we did that Thursday, and then Friday, right when the market actually stopped moving a little bit, This came right back to 4,400. Matter of fact, this was over 5,000 several times during the day, uh, quite a bit over 5,000 a couple times during the day. And I had told you earlier, I think I'm interested in exiting this at a 10% gain. And um, again, I I could have exited it Friday, but since we and realistically I would have, but since we weren't there at the 1530 number, we'll just let it run till Monday. And it looks like we're going to get beat up a little bit because of the market gap this morning, but. We'll, uh, we'll see how this goes. I'm interested in e- exiting this intraday, so I'm going to, to watch the intraday markets if we get good solid numbers over 5,000 today or, or by the at the end of the day. Then we'll just close it, but I didn't want to close it until I talked to you guys. So that's where we stand here, and this position is looking like that. So, small gap with the being this close to expiration. If the market settles in, we should have some really good pricing here. If, um, if it takes off, then you know, it takes off. We, we'll do what we can do. Uh, all right. So, that is the, uh, is the rock trade for April. And last but not least here, we have our V Condor trade. Which has been struggling this month. We had a double roll up in the trade, right? Um, very, like I said, very rare to roll up a V Condor. We had to do it twice. Um, and, you know, this is where we stand. So this is what the position looks like as of Friday. There were actually no adjustments on the April V Condor. So if we get. Um, Realistically, if this gets a little bit positive, I'd probably be happy to take it. Um, actually, I'd be happy to take the bird. I'd be happy with where our short strikes are. I'd be happy to pull the uh, straddle out and maybe ride this out. Right now, I can't because I'm I'm outside. Uh, that would put me outside delta limits for the trade. But if we can get an up move and a bit of a volatility drop, then I'm perfectly happy either just closing the trade out. But somewhere around break-even, um, if we get too close to the shorts, not really too interested in, uh, in holding the position. There's no there's no point taking the risk, right? So uh, tr- uh, let's see. So I'm going to show the T-log for this. I'll go back and show the T-log for the rock trade. All right? so this is the whole V Condor campaign here. Many, many more moves than we usually get in a V Condor. And uh, let's see, a rock trade T-log here. And, again, this started on the 16th, and we're almost, uh, we're, almost done, we're almost done with it. So we'll see how this works out. But uh, definitely, um, you know, decent, decent trade this month. It wasn't too bad. Um, those are our April positions. So let's take a look at what we have going on in May. Let's take a look at the May M3 trade. There were no moves to this trade. We initially started this with the short strikes at 10.50. We actually had to do a roll up because the market went up. We reduced our size down. We rolled up to 10.70. And that's the, the only adjustment we did to the trade. So this is where we stand as of right now. Very, very nice looking position. So the market does anything Within its normal <laughs> normal range of market movement, uh, that would be normal. This is going to be fantastic this month, but we'll see. The market hasn't been exactly normal lately, so that's what we have for our April for our May M3 trade. We also have our May bearish butterfly, and let's see. This got, I believe, nothing this week either. All right. So as of one, we haven't done anything to it and as we're sitting now we're up 2500 our delta is minus 202, our theta is 415 and it looks like this so this is a, this is a fairly nice looking position as well a uh, really hard up move obviously would be problematic for us uh, a drift down would be good. This, this is one of those trades is very capable of hitting our uh, high profit target so we got fully scaled in and would be better if we didn't have to do any delta-theta rolls or anything like that. We'd hit it much easier. But uh, we did have to do some rolls here because the market was so bullish. As long as we will get kicked backwards in this, and the market doesn't take off too, too hard, remains in uh, this sideways range should be uh, should be a fairly good trade here. And that is Bearish Butterfly. And last but not least is our May V-Trade, which again... Wouldn't have gotten any adjustments here, no reason for it. It's up about $1,800. And there's our entry for that trade. There have been no adjustments. And we are sitting in a position that looks like that. So everything is going well. Um, we'll be closing April trades this week, obviously. And like I said, probably sooner than later. And we'll have the um results for you next week as far as well as the year to date results we have been um challenged at the beginning of the year. we uh, had two mo two good months with the bearish butterfly and two really bad months with the bearish butterfly and it was that uh, extreme this is this extreme rally uh in the markets that did that to us um but you know it's not. The first time that, um, that we've been down on the bearish butterfly in the first four months, 2013 comes to mind, that trade comes back very, very quickly. So uh, no concerns whatsoever there. We had a bad January uh, in the rock trade because of the huge down move that we had right off um, close to expiration which was challenging. Uh, we had a couple break-even months, and this month in the rock trade should be positive. So it's not going to be a huge month, but we're, uh, we're chipping that back. We have an um, uh, M3 trade. Again, with the markets moving around, the, the returns have been rather flat. So I think we're slightly down for the year thus far. However, with this month we should be back in towards the break-even range. So things are coming back. The, as a trader, you're going to experience, regardless of your strategy, um, You know, remember, we, we take these trades, we put them on, we're not paying attention to technical analysis, we're putting them on month after month, um, and doing that, you're going to have periods of time when you do extremely well, you'll have periods of time when you're up and down, you'll have periods of time that you do somewhat poorly, so um, welcome to trading. That is the trading business, so enjoy it. <laughs> Uh, show the T-log for the May bearish butterfly. Yeah, sure. Let's do that. That's what we have here. We started with our 1050s. I think we had to do a delta theta roll right off. Um, we added to 1070s. We sold the 1050s. We went into 1090s. I think so we started 1050s. Did the 1070s. Sold the 1050s, bought the 1090s, bought the 1110s. Yeah, so there you go. All right, so we'll get the results out to you guys uh, Tuesday. No, not Tuesday. I'm sorry, next Monday, and we'll we'll do that. We'll have to update the website too. I got a request for that, so we'll make sure we update the website. And this, uh, I like I said, the the May trades look fantastic right now, and uh, we'll we'll see how it goes. All right. Uh, let's see. Quick question. Or, I'm oh, sorry. Comment. Thank you for your time. Share with us uh, each week. You're welcome, Ray. You're welcome very much. Thank you for, thank you for watching and following along. Um, does the recent sideways move in rut over the past few weeks count as a reset for the rut? Yes, it does, as a matter of fact. Um, so technically, yeah. And as far as that goes, just a quick look here we're looking for something that's about one third the size of the rally so in time this rally was very very fast very very aggressive right so we have 211 to 37 which is I mean call it 30 days that essentially that's telling us a 10 a 10 day sideways move uh, or 10 calendar day sideways move right which is about here technically has reset the index for a further up move. Now now I also usually say I don't go with more than 160 points and you know it's not an exact number. it's 150 160, 170. But usually we get to that point the Russell, the Russell index is done. Historically it's done. It just doesn't go higher than that in that time frame. So that being the case, say we're bottomed at 950 to make the math e- easier. That means around 1110, this, this move should be done. And it did. It, it topped out at 1110 in our 60 days. Now that said, you got to remember it's the 11th of April, and this bottomed at the 11th of February, <laughs> right? So that being the case, we've also reset our time. I mean, we're starting to to get into the time where uh, you know, if you go one, two, three, four days, 160 points from here is more like 1160, right? So from from both reasons, you know, because we had our limited sideways move and enough time's gone by, just raw time's gone by where this thinking is, is, is kind of ripe to take off again. Um, that said, right, we're also going to be facing the headwinds of the other indexes. Right? We have the, 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 the S&P which did not reset like the Russell did. All the time this is going sideways. For the most part this continued higher. Right, for the most part, the NDX it continued higher through that process when the Russell started to run sideways, and so did the so did the um, so did the uh, the Dow. So you know that being the case, it's going to be now it could take off, right? I mean, the market's going to do what the market's going to do, but it would be um, kind of unlikely for these guys to really take off much higher. Uh, of course, if we start getting breakouts to new highs in the SPX or in the Dow or in the NDX, then that's you know that may change our opinion here a little bit. But you know, as of right now, it's I think uh, again you're getting a sideways movement because the markets are indecisive, right? Um, and everybody, no matter who they are, is, is you know technically looking at the charts and they're saying, well, there's really nothing here. I mean, I can't. I know the market's been up a lot and it's overextended but there's really nothing technical that's going to push me into buying anything. There's nothing technical that's going to push me into selling anything. They're kind of um, waiting for some kind of news to come out to push the markets over some sort of technical level, and then they'll take off from there. But right, So everything's indecisive. But um, anyway, hopefully that explained that. All right, do I think the, Russell, the price of the rut butterflies compensates for the larger movements versus the SPX, given that slippage and commissions add a lot 40% down in rut versus 26% in SPX from December to March. Um, okay, I'm trying to interpret that question. It says, do I think the price of the rut butterflies compensates for the larger movements versus the SPX? Um, Russell butterflies, and I'm just going to do what I think. I'm going to answer this the way I think it reads. Um Russell butterflies in general give you more punch for bang for your buck, as they say. Um, generally, the SPX moves similar to the Russell. It's sometimes, or is capable than to move to moving a lot more than the Russell, right? So, I mean, most of the time you're gonna get 10 in the Russell, 10 in the SPX, but occasionally you'll get 15 in the Russell and you get 30 in the SPX, or you. Or put it this way, you're more likely to get a lot more likely to get a 30 or 40 point move in the SPX. Most of the time, the SPX doesn't pay you for that. Um, sometimes it does. Like now, now it does because we've been getting those moves. But if you go back, you know, a while back, before the market started getting really choppy, the SPX wasn't paying you for that. So at that point, you know, the Russell butterflies were priced more favorably. Now the SPX butterflies right now, um, in recent history or better, which is why some of the newer SPX trades are coming out these guys trading the SPX, right? Because the stuff's just favorably priced right now. When things normalize, things change. Uh, slip vision commissions, um, I, I don't know what you're trying to get at there. Um, but as far as getting in and out of Russell Butterflies, Russell's actually has been executing a little bit more difficult than SPX lately. Um again I think part of it uh, could be could be the huge amount of volume we have in the Russell right now um, from a lot of our traders who are trading the rut and um, part of it could just be the conditions like I said the SPX right now is um, is moving um, more than normal relative to to the Russell, for the most part, so um, that could be giving us some extra uh, bang, bang for our buck in the SPX uh, lately. I, I believe that that's temporary because uh, you, you'll see that you'll see that as time goes by. You'll have times when the Russell's easier to fill than the SPX. You'll have times when the SPX is easier to fill than the Russell. So it's not a general statement, a blanket statement that you can make. It's a uh, situational uh, statement. But as for right now, I tend to agree with that um as far as uh, you know slippage with adjustments I I, I have a, a whole explanation or a whole um, uh, there's a whole sections of our series in this and m21 and so forth and, and, and learning how to trade and learning how to adjust I don't typically lose money adjusting trades um, usually I, I end up adjusting and I'll make money from what option view tells me um, not all the time sometimes Sometimes it's not going to happen, but in general over time um, if I compare my, and we're going to go over this a little bit too in that back trading, um, back trading course we have come out for our enriching session we'll be going over uh, comparing what you're actually doing versus what option view is telling you and, uh, and and seeing if you're actually losing money from what option view or whatever is telling you. and In general uh, if you're trading properly if you're, trading impor- if you're trading these strategies improperly and you're adjusting at the worst times and you're trying to force adjustments when at bad times, then, yeah, you're going to experience some kind of slippage. But if you're, doing, if you're coming in at some point during the day, you're seeing that, hey, it's time to make an adjustment at some point today, and you come in, you watch your pricing, and you adjust at good times, you can make money moving trades. right? So you know, that's just something to keep in mind. Uh, so that's not necessarily true. Oh, okay, yeah, right. When you when you uh, back test the Russell from December to March, uh, and I assume this is this year, you have a lot more adjustments. And I would say that that's right. Yeah, I agree with you. The butterflies right now in SPX in the last three months or so. Matter of fact, I think Seth is going to be coming on. Seth Seth uh, Freudberg from SMB. He trades an SPX M three trade that he's been doing well in better than we've been doing with the Russell M3 trades in the last um, three or six months. Uh, and it's mainly, just, like I said, that's not always the case. right? Because he's always traded that trade and he, and he runs in between the two. And I have a lot of other people who trade M3 trade the SPX. Um, there's more nuances. You get more movement. you got to be a little more careful in the SPX. but. Um, certain conditions you don't really need to, you know, sometimes you'll adjust the Russell more, sometimes you'll adjust the SPX more. It's just, it's situationally dependent. Again, I wouldn't take that as a generalization. So uh, I think that's it. I hope everybody has uh, an awesome week and we will talk to you next week.